When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My name is Ray Park. You may know me as playing Dolphin the Phantom Menace, Lone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the Force is from the All. And remember, Sith Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best. May the Force be with you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast, where we talk all things Star Wars. Today, I'm hosting. I'm your host, Mason. Hey, and I'm Josh. And we have some very exciting news to talk to you about today. Um, starting with, first of all, celebration ticket sales. Woo-woo! Coming out tomorrow. Excited? Josh, thoughts? Well, it's being held in Europe, so that's definitely going to be a fun one. Um, travel expenses for us? higher but it's going to be an interesting place to go i i mean i don't it's fun, it's cool that we actually get to, to to travel again past all of our, our post-covid world so it'll be interesting to actually you know see um another side of the world uh appreciating star wars instead of always having it in the u.s so i'm excited yeah for that. you know i agree actually so that's something that i wanted to bring up was the fact that star wars is sort of seen as an uh, an American cultural staple, right? It's it's something that's always been huge within our culture ever since it came out in the 70s and before that with the uh, books that were originally released. I'm really stoked to see what impact this franchise has had everywhere else around the world, especially since Disney has become so good at international branding. Um, because, you know, whenever you sort of see people post on the internet and whatnot, it's always about you know, it all kind of blends together. You never really know where people are coming from. So I'm very excited to see, um, see how things go in regards to that. Hmm. I mean, uh, for me, I remember when I was uh, growing up, when I grew up in New Zealand, um, there's a lot, there was a lot less uh, people who are really into Star Wars as much as they are here. So I want to hear uh, people's like growing up stories from over in uh, Europe when we go over. That'd be, that'd be yeah. Oh, that would be such a cool series to do. Just to see how uh, what the, what the diff- what the main difference was because like I would say like um, for me, I mean we grew up with the prequels and I grew up with the prequels here before moving over there, and then the sequels I actually went and saw over there. So. Oh, it's it's a big difference, I would say. No kidding. What was it like, uh, like growing up in New Zealand with Star Wars? I mean, how, um, how is, it, is it as culturally impactful? It is definitely not. Like, I would say that Star Wars is definitely the number one fan franchise that you would find in uh, the U.S. as of a country, but right. it's not in New Zealand. So it was very interesting being at a place where you could say a lot of, uh, like, here in America, you could literally just say Baby Yoda, 
you don't have you can see the image of Baby Yoda, not know a thing about Star Wars, and know that that's from Star Wars. Right. Or, um, like that's just a character. You could say Baby Yoda, like, oh yeah, that's a Star Wars character. I've never seen any Star Wars, but I know what that is. Mm-hmm. That's the that that's a difference between New Zealand, where it's like people wouldn't know what that was. Like, whoa, yeah, people wouldn't know what that was. Um, wow, imagine. Yeah, I would say more people would know um, know about like Harry Potter than that as that being their big franchise and nerd franchise than Star Wars. Lee McCallion from YouTube says, uh, "Surely Lord of the Lord of the Rings rules." <laughs> Lord of the Rings because of New Zealand, actually not as much as you would think, um, because it's it's such a I would, what is it? It's a Commonwealth country, so I mean Harry Potter is like the dominant force. Funny enough. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's very yeah. It's it's hard to imagine a world where I could I could go to another country or like go to another place in the world um and quote something super memorable from Star Wars like and people um, not know about it and it, it just goes over people's heads. Yeah, it's it's yeah. really weird, but that also allows you to have more engagement on the fact of when you you are going to run into a lot more people that actually have are clean slated about star wars have never seen any star wars and you can jump them in on things that you think that they might like which is a really cool thing about star wars is that there's so many different ways you can jump into star wars and depending on what you like personally there's a part of star wars for you and i don't there's not a single other franchise that i know of that can do that do you like like do you want a thriller story do you want a love story. Do you want action? Like that, it's all there. It's do you like, want hey, do you inspiration, want to... excitement. Yeah. yeah. It's like, do you want yeah. to? Read, you can read about it. Do you want to read it in a comic book, graphic novel? We have and that. The TV great thing is that almost all of it, if not all of it, at least canonically right now, is all family friendly. Oh and yeah. For the most part, there are definitely some scenes like in Rogue One or the new uh, Kenobi series, um, but. Star Wars, and I think that's why Star Wars has become such an icon to the American people, is that we have such a diverse group of people just here within this one country. Because, I mean, America was basically built on the backs of immigrants, you know, built on the back of immigration and people coming from all over the world. So I think we have this really unique franchise that spawned out of this, that has the ability to reach around and and grab people from all cultures because we have that, that background. Um, And that's, that's my favorite thing. And that's why it's so important to keep star Wars family friendly, I suppose as its main block, of course, I always am an advocate for like adult star Wars content because you know, I'm a nerd and I want to see Um, that stuff, but I would 100% agree with you up until a, a point. Um, I believe that we can push film and media to challenge you. And if that, that costs, like everyone's like, Hey, adult star Wars content, or I don't, I don't really want an adult star Wars content. I want something that's for everyone and, and does challenge you. Like, yeah. Like, okay. So we have what we have a lightsaber that like literally we've, we've seen in the older movie actually cut someone's arm off and you see like, blood to that arm right 
Whereas like nowadays it's, it, yeah, it's instant carterized. Like it's the action is dumbed down in the effects that you would see as in like, you, you don't see as much of an impact, as much of damage, as much as pain uh, right. towards someone. Whereas I think that could be a really cool thing to see in Star Wars, which I think that they'll actually probably push with that new Andor series is that like, you get to see really how bad, the star like wars blaster. is like, yeah how bad a blaster wound is what a lightsaber really does to the body or... well what what war does to like communities yeah and i i i think that's it's really it's really cool seeing that from the sure. uh, andor series like i'm like this like when we saw it in rogue one i was like yes casualties of war yes this is what i want to see i want to see like thought-provoking stuff in a star wars medium that i really like and it, those both together, that, that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars, is keeping it like that. I think, uh, man, maybe that's one of the reasons why I like Saw Gerrera so much as a character. Um, because every it feels like every scene that has Saw Gerrera in it, we see we get to see the impact of what, what the war is actually doing to the less fortunate people around the galaxy. And we see why Saw Gerrera has his motive to fight so hardcore against the Empire and use such extreme tactics to sort of inflict that pain of that community back towards the empire. Oh, so yeah. no, like I, I agree with you, you know, I, I agree. And, you know, as much as, you know, as, as much as I advocate for adult Star Wars content, I realize that it's, it's probably not realistic because, you know, it, Star Wars is made for kids. Star Wars is made for a wide general audience to enjoy. And that, that is okay. When, when I'm glad say, that we have it at all. When you say adult Star Wars content, what what are you referring to that is would be an adult content? I would love to see some um, like R-rated Star Wars films, sort of not on the same hint of what you were saying, but what it, what is pushing it? To, like, okay, so um, I would say that that pushes it and deserves a PG thirteen rating. That I I a little bit of off topic, but I would say was the, the newest Doctor Strange film and I had brought that up before. It's like, yeah, that film pushes uh, a lot of visual things, but still keeps PG-13. And I think that we can do that with Star Wars and still be fine. So I would love to see a movie like um, like war movies. I think it would be a, a great example. Like I would mm-hmm. love to see something like Rogue One, except more focused on the actual lives of the soldiers that are going through these battles, going through these wars. Like um, Fury, which is one of my favorite movies, uh, one of my favorite war movies. I would love to see something akin to that, except in like... Um, uh oh god what are they called the little hover tanks that they have in the clone wars i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head or like that for an at crew that's going through all these battles for the empire i think that would be some really cool r-rated content that probably would not be okay to to be pg-13 to to really expand upon the the absolute I think everything that situation. but I don't like personally I'm like you can cover everything that you can in fury and still have it be rated um PG13 if you put the cover of Star Wars over it 
because blaster fire becomes something that just goes through people and doesn't become gory. Um, yeah. You don't have to see the faces of people. Swearing is re- uh, replaced with Star Wars swearing. With Star Wars swearing. Yep. Exactly. Like the things that would over. actually push it over are are things, things that, that like can be brought back. that can be brought back by Star Wars and actually keep kept in PG thirteen. So I think that we're on the same you know page of being able to keep it in the same way. Like the, the push main, boundaries. Yeah. The the main thing that I think when when people say like a rated R kind of thing is that you're gonna see like like uh nudity to drug use. And I feel like Star Wars has already pushed that. Like we've seen like very like scantily clad um yeah twilight and we've yeah. also seen um spice yeah like yeah, you can still put a, a star wars spin over it so when people say like hey i want to see star wars like an r-rated star wars i'm like what do you really need to be pushed to to, to be create able to that like? environment because i don't think what they're actually asking is i want to see a rated r star wars film it's a, I think they were really asking is I want to see Star Wars being taken extremely seriously. Yeah. You know, I would also I I would also be interested to see if they could get away with doing something along the lines of Game of Thrones with Star Wars. I wonder if they would be able to get away with doing something like that sort of set in the era of the High Republic. I think that might be really interesting, like an interesting direction to push the franchise. It feels weird and off kilter, but you know that that could be something that would potentially be aimed towards R-rated. I'd say. Interesting, but um, yeah, no, I guess you're right. I mean, I guess we're on the same the same page. I guess I hadn't really thought about the idea that a lot of R-rated things with Star Wars, you could just put the franchise sort of filter over it and immediately turn it. PG-13, because I guess that's what Star Wars was originally based off of, right? Was It was based off of these ideas of war films and um, old samurai films and stuff like that. Like Chris of course. Films. Yeah, so no, I guess that makes sense. <sighs> so anyways, celebration ticket sales, they drop tomorrow. <laughs> do drop tomorrow are you are you hoping on going are you planning on going mason i would love to go it's so much money uk could you like lower well actually we were finding well we were finding tickets for fairly cheap if you are just going i mean for me and me and colin found well colin found some tickets that were like 500 there and round trip yeah. Oh, yo! Like 500 to 600 round trip, but you do have to book it like a year in advance, of course. But I, I was still that. like, 500 to $600 is very, very doable. So if oh, he 100%. is correct on that, I think a lot of us could go. Yeah, 100%. Especially if we... Yeah, if we if we saved up... Mm, I can definitely see it. See, because like, I know like coming... To the states is a lot of money from New Zealand. I know that travel is usually far more than that. I want Colin to try and confirm that with me. And like he, he said, like we were we were on the phone and we were talking about it. And I was like, that sounds like a really good price, man. He's just like, I'm like, there's. It sounded too good to be true, so I want to look into it before I get like too excited about it. But um, 
Toasty Waffles posted it as, sorry, I think we we got to this a little bit, but okay, so this leads to the question, in what storyline or what do y'all think deserves an R-rated film? Which I think is why High Republic would be a really good playground to do that in as something that hasn't been explored, but as something that I'm trying prides to see itself it on exploring from... all the little details. Like the way that the High Republic books are written, uh, like in the fashion that they're written, it specializes on focusing on these little details. I just think I, it would be the the perfect spot to put that into. I think what you're what from from what I'm hearing is that you are you're like you want to see do you want to see more politics of the Star Wars universe, especially during the High Republic era? Is that what you're trying to say, or do you? I'm I'm actually not really particularly advocating for something at the moment. I'm just saying that this this could be the idea of what something R-rated in Star Wars looks like. Something with a lot of violence and an overarching political plot line. And I think I'm 100 percent on board with the that yeah, I think that that's the that's the main thing for me is trying to figure out what what would be like, hey. What could justify an R-rated thing? Yeah. I, I I think the only way you would ever be able to do it would be a horror movie set in a star in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean I you understand more about film than I do. Because like, so I I'll I defer I, to you I, on this one. Because I think I think a lot of what I would I I, I really I genuinely can't think of something that would push the R an R rating for Star Wars. They could definitely push that PG thirteen, have to roll back on a couple of things and then to keep it PG thirteen. Right. But there's nothing in Star Wars that I think is absolutely deserving of an R rated thing. I think that's that's what I was getting at from before is that yeah. more people just want more mature Star Wars stories. And by mature is what I mean is like let's have like a whole series just about how the galaxy is undertaking the, the the politics side of the High Republic, how yeah. planets are either being protected or feel like their rights have been taken away by the High Republic. Let's have a whole story about what it's like to lose your child and like give give your child up to the the Jedi Council and then realize, hey, that was my kid. I actually want them back, but never being able to have that. Those Get are the kind of back. stories that yeah. it's like super super mature. I want to see that kind of thing in like a like an episodic anthology kind of series where it takes on mature topics and mature like ways of thinking. Star um, Wars, the Jedi doing their taxes. <laughs> <laughs> like really I think that you could really push super interesting like political issues as well cuz we I agree. Um, we like but we've seen that also in Clone Wars before where we had the I forget what the episode was called. Um, what happens? But it, it was, yeah, I, I can't remember which which episode it was. But the the whole premise was like native savages versus uh, people who came to the land who just thought that they were like thought that we were savages, but there were people who actually lived there. And it was an allegory for apartheid. And I was like, hey, that's a super like heavy topic and you're covering it in an actual kids show which i'm like hey that's really surprising and i know that we can do that within star wars i think that we should do it live action i think we should push like if you want to do really political agendas or like in 
um, or you want to push like uh, d- debates and stuff, I think we can do it under under Star Wars. We just have to yeah. be able to treat it with as much respect as you respect could. Respect and dignity, but, for sure. But that's the funny thing is that we've done it before. We've seen it before on in Clone Wars. So I mean, like, I don't think anything is deserving of an R rating for Star Wars personally. That wouldn't like there there would be no need in my opinion. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, I agree with that. That does make total sense. I think a great a great example of that would be from Bad Batch, actually, which I've just been rewatching whenever Crosshair goes to um, with that the squad of non-clones, just the regular standard soldiers in black, and they go and like eliminate that camp that Saw Gerrera was running for a while. And they, the guy or the gal turns on the flamethrower and torches all the people. That is something that I feel like was a pretty serious topic that was taken care of under the guise of Star Wars, but I wouldn't necessarily say that that's something deserving to be R-rated. Or I feel like enough was implied in that that scene that, you know, it <clears throat> drove the point across, but was still for everyone. Lee McCallion says, don't blame us in the UK for the prices. No, what? Absolutely. I'm an American. <laughs> that's, that's literally what we do. <laughs> Every single one of you is at is at fault for us not being able to go to Star Wars Celebration. For shame. But yeah, I, I think it'll be very interesting to have it over there. That's yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be really cool because not only is it just gonna be about Star Wars Celebration, but like there's plenty of really cool cultural stuff in the UK, like around London that you can go and see just besides Star Wars Celebration. So you can really like, if you get done at the convention center early for the day or whatever, you see everything you want to see, go walk around London, go have a good time. Like that's a really cool thing. I've heard about London is that there's just so much to do around the area. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Good, good place. And I'm really glad that other countries are getting the opportunity to have this close to them as well. So they feel that they can travel to and go and experience this convention because it is amazing. Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to finally start, start traveling again. Yeah, man. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up on the agenda. Ah, that, I figured out what the episode was called. It's called uh, trespass. Trespass. Yeah, it's the one with the Pandorans. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, in the uh, it's season one, episode fifteen, snowman looking guys. Right? Yes, that that is yeah. a, an allegory for racism during uh, apartheid, and it even has a South African actor. Uh, uh, well, at not I don't know if it's a South African actor initially, but it is a South African um, accent being played by uh, for the Pandoran. And I was like, that is ah, amazing. So cool. And then they end up making up in the end. So I was like, that is a great allegory. That's a super serious topic. And you, you pushed it in, in at a kid's TV show. So yeah, you can totally, totally, totally push Get away high agendas like that. Yeah. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Sorry, you, you can continue. Um, that. And the more... No, no, you're fine. And uh, I mean, the more, um, the more people that Star Wars gets out to, I think, is the better because Star Wars has such a good message to it. Obviously I'm going to say that I'm biased. I mean, I love Star Wars. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Um, so yeah, no, I, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll, we'll 
whenever we have some more people on here as well, we'll talk to them and see what they think about it. But um, I guess next up on the agenda, we have uh, some Mandalorian season three news coming up. Love that. Anything about Mando season three, I'm super stoked for. I love Mandalorian. <laughs> it's my favorite part of Star Wars. I love Ooh. how bold they are. So you think, so you would, you would, okay. So of the shows that you've watched currently, of the live action shows, how are you going to rate them? Including the seasons of Mando. Don't, you can separate the seasons of Mando. Oh God. Every live action show that's been out? Yes. Okay. Um, it's just live action, huh? Oh God. So. Just live action, not, not the animated. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Mandalorian, like, can I combine season one and two? Is that no, a fair thing I, I, No, because I would, se- I would separate those because, yeah, I'm going to separate those two. So if you're going to rate them as, like, so this is season one, this is season two, this, like, yeah. sorry, this is, like, season one of Mando, season two of Mando. Um, you have Kenobi, you have Boba Fett. Like, how would you guys, how would you mix those into which ones? Okay. Your number one to your your least favorite. I do owe the audience a rating for Kenobi as well, because I didn't do that last time. But uh, this first, um, I think, oh man, and I hate I hate myself so much for saying it, because it's going to sound like I'm jumping on the bandwagon, but I do have my own reasons. I'll explain it. Mandalorian Season 2 is my favorite. My favorite live series that has come out thus far. Uh, but that is specifically because I love Mandalorian culture so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they take the sort of opposite approach to Jedi about pretty much everything in life and still succeed without being evil. I think Mandalorians are such a great neutral gray area in Star Wars for getting things done and a great way to tell these really personable stories um, about how love and loyalty and the people around you help get things done. Um, but it also has this really cool dual-sided coin, the, the duality of man sort of principle where Mandalorians are also pretty much mostly the bad guys of the series consistently because of their lust for power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Mandalorians are a great um are a great example of are a great example of how a great culture with great ideals and great power can still fall into a principle which is very human which is lusting for power um but that's a whole tangent I'll, I'll get on some of <laughs> on stream. There's there's a lot behind Mandalorian so, so, culture and why I so like you, it. So you would say Mandalorian season two is your favorite mm-hmm. out of all of them. What would you say is Ab- your second? Are you say, would you say Mando season one or would you? No. Um, I, and man, the reason Mando season two is my favorite is because we get to actually take a look at the cultural side of Mandalorians and what is and is not important to them and how the clans, like different clans fracture and splinter and how even though Mandalore is destroyed, quote unquote, um, these Mandalorian clans, instead of getting together and uniting and getting past their differences, 
to defeat a common enemy, they still beef with each other on site constantly and stick to their ideals and their guns. I think that's very interesting. Um, so it, 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 it really is about the, the cultural side. Okay. Mandalore hmm. and the clans, which is why that is my favorite. And we okay. get to see a little bit about the dark saber. Um, Kenobi has to be next. Oh my God. Kenobi was phenomenal. I mean, yeah, there were, maybe it's, it's not what everyone was expecting. Maybe it was, um, you know, there were some things that people did like and didn't like, but oh my God, from the fan service to the complete story that it told to the little cute moments that kept it, you know, very, very light in PG-13. I think it was a really good break from all the content that we've had going on recently. Mm-hmm. I thought that young Leia and Lola were such a refreshing, um, like a refreshing thing for Star Wars for people to sort of remind things, remind people that Star Wars isn't all about the darkness. It isn't, it isn't all about these serious stories. It isn't all about Mandalorians fighting each other for the galaxy, Jedi and Sith beefing um, this, how brutal the stormtroopers are. It reminds us that Star Wars is built on hope and rebellions are built on hope. Um, and how, even though you've lost your way and fallen far from what you who you were and what you want to be that you can always find yourself again and redeem yourself again. Plus Darth Vader is just so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Screen presence does, uh, does bring a lot. So you had some big heading characters. Yeah. I wish I'd seen more of the inquisitors. I want, I want a series on the inquisitors. I want them to not be useless. in a (laughs) That is, that is a fair statement. I feel like the is your is your next from that Mando one. It's not. It's uh, Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett. Wow, you don't like Mando one. I do like Mando one. You like it as in least out of every single one. I do. I hate. I hate to admit it. Even though it made such a big impression on me, um, I love Book of Boba Fett's The Godfather vibes. I liked to see. Boba Fett in a different light than we've always seen him, which is just this violent murderer who's going around as a hitman for the Empire. We finally get to see Boba Fett sit down on that throne and take command and responsibility for the things that he's done. And he's man enough to get up and admit that and try to be better than himself. I love that. The Rancor scene, amazing. Um, the Mando stuff. Yeah, I agree. We probably got a little too much of that, but like I said, I love Mandalorian. So to me, that wasn't a problem. That was just like, ah, yes, more Mandalorian. This is more of what I love. This is great. Um, so yeah. And then Mando season one was basically just about bounty hunting, right? It was just about the intricacies of bounty hunting and dodging new Republic law. And going after, like, sort of finding out that the Empire is not necessarily all gone. But it was really more about a bounty hunter 
making his way into being a fully fledged Mandalorian, which was great. That's a cool story. I love it. Uh, Mandalorian season one made such an impact on me. Within the first few seconds, we see a guy get cut in half by a door. <laughs> um, but it it lacked that that cultural relativity to the actual clans. I feel of Mandalore as much as season two did. Okay. How about yourself? I, I put I put Mando season one first as my my favorite so far. Really? Yep, because it is. I would say it is the biggest like new thing for Star Wars. Okay. There there, yeah. there is nothing up until that point. There was nothing that completely changed the formula of something that we had no, no idea about on screen, like Mando did. No one knew what like the whole baby Yoda thing was going to be in, until that, like, like until the reveal, no one knew. And when that happened, it's such a big like reveal. But I don't think there's, there's been a, a reveal like that in any of the series yet. That was such no, a gigantic you're, reveal. You're correct. So that's new. Um, seeing someone who's a bounty hunter, properly a bounty hunter doing stuff that, that we haven't seen on screen before. Yeah, I was like, that's really cool. How how the intricacies of a bounty hunting thing works, how it's a guild. I was like, haven't seen that before on screen. We all that's like, something I'd, I'd love to see more touched more on. Like, I really want something that expounds upon what the bounty hunters guild actually is. But I think that 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 is something that I I really liked about the that that whole series is that there was so much new and it was yeah. a um past and present i it was i feel like mando is that kind of thing where you can take prequels and you can take the original trilogy and it was this overlap where everyone was just the right age to appreciate both times and mm-hmm. i feel like mando capitalized that on that perfectly whereas yeah, yeah mando was a foundling during the time of like droids and he, that's why he doesn't like droids. I was like, that's such a cool thing. However, we have just after, like, Empire's Fallen, we don't have, like, as much of a series as we'd love to, like... I, I, I've always wanted to see what it's like after that. Like, just after that. What's, yeah. what's the galaxy fragmented like um, with uh, the New Republic basically trying to take... Um, uh, Rebellion taking over New Republic. Huge so power all. vacuum. Yeah, it's 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 a it's the kind of thing that I really wanted to see, and I think I appreciate anything new with Star Wars. That's why I personally don't like um, like I didn't like Kenobi as much as I wanted to, but that's it's it's just like I didn't see as much new as I wanted, and I I, I personally already made that comment where I was like, hey, Kenobi for me was basically just logan in space it, it, it's a tired trope because i remember when i watched episode one and i was like oh it's this series and that's okay i mean it'll be interesting what happens um but yeah i i think mando is everyone's favorite series yeah especially currently i don't think there's this deserves to be I don't think Mando's stuff isn't anyone's favorite series personally that I know of, which is what's kind of scaring me for season three. 
because I want something new and I really, really don't want just because Baby Yoda has been pushed as just such a good marketing thing that we have to keep him around. Because I personally thought we wouldn't be seeing him again for a while at the end of season two. Yeah, that's what worries me about the longevity of the series is how hard they're pushing to keep uh, Grogu within the series. And that's that's fine, but I feel like as long as Grogu sticks around, I feel like the characters are too safe because obviously they're not going to like dispatch of Grogu. I don't think we're going to see anything like that, especially not on screen, right? Yeah. Like obviously he's going to grow up and become a really great Jedi. And or, or not, like, allowed... we don't know that, that. I think that was that was what was really cool in season two is like he was leaving, and I was like, if he leaves and we don't see him again for a long time, I think that is a very bold move because I thought, and I think a couple other people made this comment, whereas it was like, if Grogu stays around for too long, you'll have too much of a good thing, and when that too much of a good thing happens then he will overstay his welcome. Yeah. And that's something I'm very, very scared about of Grogu in general. Cause like as soon as the whole decision was made to have him back with Mando in uh, Boba Fett, I was like, Hey, he's only here for like a few episodes. So I'm, I, I kind of don't, didn't like him bleeding into the, that series, but it was fine, whatever. But I was kind of like, he's, he's already had enough for me in season two. Yeah, and now he's here, and now he's about to be in season three, which is what's worrying me. And yeah, and I, I don't know. I ju- I just think, I feel like we've sort of seen the extent to what Grogu exactly. can do right now, right? Oh he yeah, the force. He's cute, and he gets into trouble. Okay, we get it. That's his gimmick. Move him on, so we can see something different from him later on. How he grows. I just feel like he's not really going to be adding to or subtracting anything from this story except for a threat to the main characters, to the protagonists that we've already seen, which is him getting kidnapped, him getting hurt. Like that, that's all he is, is a convenient device at the moment, I think, for the main characters to have a problem. Oh, yeah, that's... It's definitely and one I don't of my, want my that to be problems. the case for season three. Yeah, I really don't want him just... like we. we what what is he gonna be like? It's like damsel in distress, or he he saves like Mando. How much more can he push to be something new in this series? And I don't want that just because we know him and we love like Grogu, like as in as I say love, I mean just the the normal public, the people that they can mark, like people can market to, love. Grogu is the reason that he stays because I feel like that's what's going to push me away from that series away from liking it if it is the same retread of the things that we've already seen over and over and over again I agree I feel like they would have to do something really special with him in that sort of damsel in distress thing like make a really big reveal about him for me to stay interested in the character as I don't yeah I don't doubt that we're going to see a lot of things to do with um Baby Grogu, uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu in uh, being a, a Padawan. I mean, sorry, um, a youngling. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that's going to be a big, major point of him. I'm in, really in three. 
God, I'm really worried about the future of this character, though. And because of the species they made him, obviously he's going to age really slow. Like, he'll be around for hundreds of years. So... Because I think that they're going to use him as the the key to locking all three eras down. Yeah, right. I feel like he's sort of going to be used as the character that is going to revive the sequel trilogy. Yeah, or I would not doubt that revival to it. He's gonna he's gonna do something for it, and I don't know what that is. I, it'll be very interesting. Yeah, God, we'll see. Man, those movies. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, he grows that, up and then does something with Ray way in the, like past the 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 sequel uh, trilogy, and you're and like, I think that you are one hundred percent correct with that. How much do we want? How much do we as fans want to see that? How much do we as fans want to see that? Who is who is pushing for this? Who wants this? So we'll see. I, I want, I, I want to trust sequel. that they are doing something good with it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I, is I want to trust that they're doing what's, the, what's best for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, you know, this is coming from someone who, do, who does want more sequel trilogy content. I feel like it can be redeemed. I want to see more about the First Order. I want to see more about the differences uh, between the Resistance and the Rebellion. Because if there's no severed connection between the two then everyone is just going to keep calling the resistance the rebellion and vice versa and they're just going to be interchangeable names so far we haven't seen anything new i think andor is going to show a lot of it yeah i i hope so but this this leads into a perfect segue into uh lee mccallion's question on youtube um that being what uh is your prediction for season three for mando with going to mandalore Ooh, 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 I can't wait. Ooh, Mandalore is even more of a desert wasteland now. More so than it was. I I really, really, really want something to come of that. So I'm hoping something comes of it. It's it, like, if they return to Mandalore, I, I desperately want to have a scene where they act like, Imagine having it, it built up that Mandalore is is still such a salvageable place. Like there's still like pockets of people or whatever. Yeah. Like, like oh yeah, talk. of course. And they, they get there and they realize that like actually no, there's nothing here for us. Besides like maybe Beskar. Oh like, my god, could you imagine? because <laughs> yeah, she would she would go back and like they they'd be all like like ready to take it again. They get to the planet right. and then they, Here we they go. We're going realize just like round up our resistance fighters and then oh, there's really just nothing here anymore. Like the yeah. Empire thoroughly wiped out all life from Mandalore. And I, I think it would be a cool thing of them like of her like realizing that the dark saber doesn't make her the the queen of like Mandalorians. It's like she has to create her like a new Mandalore. Yeah. I think that, oh, that'd I be a, that. that would be really cool. I, I really, because in my head, I always keep pushing cool new ideas. As in, I want them to just be like, take a 180 on me and actually push something that is thought-provoking and not just go, hey, look, just like she said, Mandalore is fine. The Darksaber has been such a huge 
focus for this series. It's everywhere now. It's hard for me to imagine that we're not going to see them go to Mandalore and find ancient knowledge of Mandalorians and potentially have the the origins of the Darksaber explained. I feel like that is something that is potentially within cards to see. And that's something that people want to see. So that's going to draw like a lot of viewership. Um, so I would love to see an almost like, um, sort of like, uh, oh God, like a, an expedition style, like delve into ancient Mandalorian ruins, sort of like you would, like an archaeologist would delve into like pyramids. Oh yeah. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. They have the lights on. They're going down. They find all these ancient Mandalorian relics, sort of Indiana Jones style. They activate some booby traps and they <laughs> go in. They go and find out all this like hidden lore about Mandalore and um, to get some actual canonical Mandalorian history would be amazing. That would be the icing on the cake for this series. That is everything that I want. That would be cool. That so. I, my prediction is that we're going to we're going to see something about the dark saber. And I think we're going we we could potentially see um I mean we could potentially see some big characters too. Like Sabine would still be around during this time theoretically yeah. with her mom on the moon of Concordia. They would come down potentially to go check out assuming Concordia wasn't bombed as well. We don't know anything about what happened on the moon of Concordia. We've never seen it live action. I would but love to see that live action. Here's here's the here's the main thing that I think people are trying to get out get at for the main villain is going to be Thrawn. A lot of people want to see Thrawn because we do we, we know it's being we, played by the same guy who played him in um, Rebels. Do we think we're going to see Thrawn in Mando though, or do we think we're going to see Thrawn in Ahsoka? I think we'll see. I think we'll see Thrawn in Mando, but it's going to be kind of like a. Like, let's say there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens throughout this series of them just trying to, like, get to Mandalore or, or whatever. And then at the end, you end up getting the, the... It'll probably be at the end, be like, someone walks into a room. They're like, uh, sir, uh, something, something, something. And then, like, he's like, good, all according to plan. And turns around and it's thrown. That, in my head, that's what I think is going to happen. I, I definitely like, think it's going to be a, like a flash fire reveal. Let's sort yes. of like how they revealed Maul at the end of Solo. Like, it's just going to be like a hollow projection and he'll turn around and he'll be like, all right, let's get back to work or something like that. Interesting. I, I think it would be like that. I think it would be like <clears throat> end of season one of Mando where you actually did get to see the Darksaber. That was cool. That was probably one of the coolest parts of... Uh, season one we'll see. at the end of the link. Oh, wow. Dark around still. I, I'm curious. I'm very curious because that means that somewhere in the galaxy then after the Empire has been completely dismantled and morale broken across the entire galaxy for the Empire, there is a heavy pocket of Imperial resistance still holding on. And I... I think that leads perfectly into this transitionary period where the empire becomes the first order. I yep, think that would exactly. I think that would open up a perfect segue into the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. 
where we have like 75% of the galaxy dominated by the New Republic, and now the Empire is the one that's like just hanging on by a thread, trying to survive. They're the new resistance. That would be such a weird, like, turn the coin on its head. I Yeah, I wouldn't doubt seeing that. That just make in my head that 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 makes a lot of sense is like they're going to move to start the beginning of the first order because we don't know when it I don't believe we know when it starts. I don't think so either. I don't think there's uh anything that really speaks about the beginning of the first order. We kind of just have it. Yeah, first order um would be a great fun thing to see like start kicking up, but I, I think that having a connection to Thrawn and finally seeing Thrawn um, actually on screen would be amazing. I think that will be an amazing reveal for, for everyone. I, I, yeah, I think that'd be really cool. I'm trying to figure out what a way that like, cause I think, <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, this comment. I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, hold that thought. I need to, I need to read this. Toasty Waffles on YouTube says, can you imagine if there's an Inquisitor situation with Thrawn? He just has blue powder on his face and has human brown eyes. <laughs> sort of like a, I, I guess what he's getting at is like sort of like a body double maybe as a Sith Inquisitor who's like dressed up as Thrawn trying to lure in Ahsoka. I don't think it'll happen. I think it'd be funny. I don't think it'll happen, but I think it'd be hilarious. Because Ahsoka is looking for Ezra and Thrawn. Yes. And um, we have Mandalorians looking for Thrawn as well. <laughs> like a whole gang of them. So... Uh... Kind of, I think. I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, she says, Where is Thrawn? That's what she says. Uh, Oh, yeah. No, no, you're right. I'm so sorry. I thought you meant. um, They're a gang of people. I forget what. I thought you meant Sabine Wren and that, like, clan clan Wren and whatnot. You're talking about um, the night night owls or whatever. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, I forget what their, their little clans called but they're they're also looking for Thrawn so I think that's yeah. pretty interesting yeah I will definitely see them all come back together but it's not completely unrelated that these characters know each other too right so obviously they're all going to be back together live action mm. that's I think, I think oh God, if we get crazy. the overarching thing that Thrawn is an actual actually the build up character that Grand Moff Tarkin Sorry, no, uh, Grant, uh, Moff Gideon is the one who is actually reporting to him. I was, mm-hmm. I'd be like, wow, uh, how amazing is that? How cool is that? That just sounds very interesting. It, it makes sense. I would love to see the Chimera again. Oh, my God. A live-action Chimera. Could you imagine the Thrawn Star Destroyer? Live-action would be ridiculous. And that would give... Moff Gideon a reason to only be piloting a um, Imperial cruiser because obviously ships would be light for them. If they're just like a little pocket faction of the empire. Yeah, that actually is pretty exciting. That is very exciting. And I I wonder what the overarching plan is now, because who's, who's pulling the strings and why are they pulling the strings? 
it makes so, perfect sense for Thrawn to be the one who would pick up where they, they left off. In a perfect world for me, it's we get the big reveal of Thrawn. We get a little bit of... I think here's a fun one that I think people really want is to see the the main like cast back together for like even like a, a split couple of seconds. Yeah. Just to see them all like together again. I think that would be pretty funny. Yeah, like Luke, Leia, Chewie, and Han, I think would be a pretty funny thing to see on screen. That would probably blow people's minds. Yeah. Um that'd be, that'd be good. Cal Kestis for me is like a giant one. I would love to see him on screen. Um, but I, I think the main main story that we're getting at currently is going to be get to Mandalore. That's what we've been talking about for the last two seasons. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get to Mandalore somehow. And we're going to go try and get there and also Thrawn. And I think that Thrawn and, is guarding the planet for some reason or something. Well, like the, <clears throat> like the reason they're going there, right, is so Mando can redeem his redeem his honor, right? And Jaren, so he can be part of the fold again, be a part of the clan. So yeah, we'll um it's gonna be interesting. I I I I, I just want that I want it to not be predictable and really yeah. change up some things. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, and that, that's why I lean so heavily towards like Dark Saber lore and ancient Mandalorian history, because we are we're going to be taking a, a deep dive into like what it's like to redeem yourself in the eyes of this specific Mandalorian clan. And where is he going to go to do that? This wellspring or something. And cleanse himself in the waters of Mandalore. Whatever that means. So, yeah. I'm excited. Then the actual reveal is that Baby Yoda is actually Baby Yoda. He's actually just a clone (laughs) of Yoda. (laughs) Giant reveal. Baby Yoda is Thrawn. (laughs) Thrawn is Baby Yoda. Um... Taika Waititi is going to be in this. How do you feel about that? We all know you love Taika Waititi. I just, I, I just think it would be funny like if he's just voicing like, I, is it going to be him playing a character? Because I want to, I want him to play a character, but I don't want anyone. I, I think it, would, I think a, a funny misdirect would just be like, hey, you kind of sound like an IG unit. Like that, that joke would make me laugh. <laughs> uh, and I wouldn't doubt that he would direct an episode or two. Um, the episodes that he has directed have always had uh, has been like a definitely a high points of the series in terms yeah. of the, the laughs, but like and also, but I think he he's the only one that actually earns a respectable laugh where I can laugh and be like, hey, nothing was tarnished on what he did, and he actually did it well. Like the the um... <laughs> Toasty Waffle says, Taika that, that would be Baby Yoda. I don't know if y'all knew already. That'd be so bad. Look at those spoilers. Mando season three spoilers. Get those out of here. That'd be awful. <laughs> hey, you kind of sound like an IG unit, bud. <laughs> I, I, I I see him coming back, and I think that he did a very respectful job when you had the um, the troopers on the, the bikes, and they're just trying to shoot the can. And I was like, yeah, that, that entire scene... Is so true to form and it's amazing and it's funny. And I was like, this is beautiful. Yeah, yeah it was it was a very tasteful joke and a nice callback to yeah, yeah, that's that's Star Wars joke. I think that's that's, really that's the kind of thing that he can he can bring to it is that's super hard to do. 
is that make fun of Star Wars and not have Star Wars fans get mad, but rejoice at the fact that they're laughing at something from Star Wars. Yeah. And he's probably the only person that could do that. And I'm like, please, man. But he, he does have, I'm pretty sure he does have a movie for Star Wars. Like he is going to be making a movie for Star Wars. I'm almost for sure. Like they said that they wanted him to direct something for Star Wars, which would be very interesting. Because yeah, for me, I'm kind of like, because like he's in the the process of writing that right now, isn't he? I think so. I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But for the for the episode of him popping up and and voicing more characters, I'm gonna assume it's an IG unit. If it's not, then it'll be interesting to see what he what he does. Supposedly, there's rumors that they're going to be bringing back IG Eleven. But like, it w- wouldn't it be funny if all IG units sound like that? Yeah, like that's the I'm that's good. the joke is that all IG units sound the way he does. So then you can bring back a different IG unit, <clears throat> and then right. like, oh wow, <laughs> because technically, what is it like? They they do the whole IG story where it was like IG was trying to blow up the Death Star or whatever. And they're yeah. all connected and yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard about that. I've never read it. I've heard bits and pieces of it though. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I think it'd be a, a funny joke. Just like um man, they were talking about an inside joke at Star Wars Celebration. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was about the speeder bike. How it started off as like an inside joke where they would be talking about like two stormtroopers would be in the background and they'd be like, Hey, did you get that? Did you hear about that new T T sixty four speeder? And then another stormtrooper would be like, "No, no. I, apparently, the T sixty five came out this year, and it's supposedly so much better." And that's been a running trope in like every Star Wars movie or like every Star Wars series where there's stormtroopers, <laughs> two of them talking. So I thought that was. Uh, I think that's really funny. Oh yeah, I definitely like to see more long term running jokes like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, what else do we got? Um, so moving on from that, putting that away, uh, something we need to talk about is Tamora Morrison, uh, apparently implying he will lend his voice to an upcoming Star Wars video game or video games. I would not doubt that he shows up in Fallen Order. Be cool. Have a whole PTSD attack of, um, Jedi Survivor. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Fallen Order yeah. 2. Or, yes, Survivor. <laughs> I, I would not doubt that, like, Cal has a full PTSD attack when he just meets someone, like, another clone trooper. That yeah. sounds like a very interesting thing I'm excited for. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what happens. Um, do we do we know what happened to when the clones were phased out, what happened to like the chip in their head? Does it just degrade over time? Uh, I believe that it's, yeah, generally accepted that the chip just becomes less and less effective until it becomes virtually useless. Interesting. But with the clones enhanced aging process, who knows how long that lasts? I don't think we have a real canon answer as to what, um, what exactly happens, how that works exactly. See, because I always thought that they, they hit the same age as Django and then they just age normally. I don't know if we know that canonically either. 
If it is, that's some deep lore stuff. That's comics or books. Because I'm almost for sure it's that because then it doesn't make sense on how everyone else isn't aging extremely quickly because of original trilogy you, you have yeah okay interesting uh, yeah that's that's something i would love to see yeah like an explanation behind the like the gene cloning process for clone troopers but, but it's also it's also good to see that he's, he's come back so much of a full swing and seeing how many people actually want to see him man it's been so two series now good. so it's like so sociable and so charismatic and tomorrow morrison is just a good guy and a good role model, I think, for the Star Wars community. It, it's good to see that he's being well-received and welcomed back into the franchise. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it, it's it's funny bringing back all these new, like, these old people. Uh, I, I Personally, I just want it to be something new if he's doing stuff with games. As long as they're popping up something new that's very interesting, I'm always down for it, always happy. Or remaster... Star Wars Clone Commando. <laughs> that would be fun. Or or do that instead. Um, and I would be okay with that. That is well. <laughs> <laughs> that, Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. I, yeah. I mean, uh, where, where would you like him to pop up for you? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Um, you know, funnily enough, I would really like to see Tamora Morrison play someone completely unrelated to a clone trooper, Jango Fett or Boba Fett. I would love to see Tamora Morrison play a new character in Star Wars. This is a joke. I think that'd be pretty funny. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, oh, Tamora Morrison's going to be in this game. Over, oh, We're going to get clone troopers. We're going to get uh, like a Mandalorian. Someone I'm Jango Fett's to- brother. Jango Fett, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm Jango Fett's like- brother. <laughs> Like, I, I actually have nothing. I just saw myself, like, one day. This, yeah, this one dude just took off his helmet one day, and I was like, that is, that looks a lot like me, my brother. And that's how he figures out. That'd be pretty funny. That um, would be, yeah, I would like him to see him play, like, as this, this, like, that'd be a great joke. That would be pretty back funny. It's like a Jawa or something like that. <laughs> um, comic series? New comic come, came out with, uh, or I don't know if it's uh, the, the the preview for the one with uh, Lando yeah. and Hondo. Halcyon content. The, the Halcyon legacy. All right, I'll admit it. I'm a sucker. I gave in. Halcyon's kind of growing on me. I think it's cool. So, so you like? You would say that you like the Halcyon. Have you read the Halcyon series comics? I haven't, but okay. I'm I'm open to it, and I want to. Yeah, they they actually talk about and um, explain lots of the the lore on the, on the Halcyon, and that is something that I, I find it very interesting is that it, it's, it spans all of Star Wars, all the Star Wars that we currently know of. Yeah, so that that that's also including the High Republic, starting in so. the High Republic, yeah, ending in like I don't know who knows the sequel trilogy, right? Same species as Babu Frick built it. So that was a cool yeah. little fun fact. So uh, funny. I cannot believe that. Yeah, hearing about how um, how the symbol was made for the Halcyon, uh, hearing about why they have a Star Wars training, I mean, sorry, um, a lightsaber training inside the Halcyon was cool. Hearing about how you had 
bounty hunters that we've known of actually visit and go on the Halcyon, which has been interesting. We had Anakin on the Halcyon as well. Maybe maybe we'll do a in our, our book club coming up for our uh, Patreon. Maybe we'll start doing comic books as well if the series takes off and people like it. Maybe do like a comic book review. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm always I'm always completely down for um, anthology series, but because it's the Halcyon, I think that that's that's how they they're doing these anthologies. It's like, hey, we're on the Halcyon. This is our grounded space. Now you can come in in and out as long as you're within 250 years. Yeah. That, no, that would be cool. And we have um, something about a book coming out about Han and Leia's uh, romantic trip, like honeymoon trip to the Halcyon, I think is interesting. Now we have some mainline characters that are on there. I'm really curious. I'm, I'm very excited about this comic in particular. I want to read this. It's got Lando in it. I'm sold. But Hondo, Lando, and Maz, three of the most chaotic characters in Star Wars coming together for some kind of scheme as it's listed. I mean, oh my God. The back and forth between Lando and Hondo alone, I'm already sold on. I'm very curious to see how the characters would interact with each other. Um, and it looks like it's going to be set in the time of the Empire. So uh, we get to see them dunking on some stormtroopers. I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, and then one last thing to pull up here. Um, what do you, in the meantime, while I look at this, um, what what do you want to see from the Halcyon? What is something that you would like to see more of, less of? Where would you like to see the Halcyon make appearances? Would you like to see the Halcyon appear, um, uh, well, like, like in a war, in like theory? an actual Star War, like in like one of the battles um, or something, like in a big battle? For me, I like the Halcyon as a as a background kind of tidbit, fun thing where you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's that's a funny reference or that's a cool little like uh, jokey thing. I don't want the Halcyon to be a pivotal point just because they want people to experience the Halcyon. That's that's one of my main things is don't shoehorn it in if if it doesn't make sense. Only put it in if you want to do like, hey, that's a fun reference that this these people were on it. Hey, that's a cool thing. It's just it, I, Go ahead. It, because they really have to push it like, hey, this is the best Starliner ever. This is the best Starliner in the galaxy, all right? This has to be the number one. And I don't think they've really done that yet. It just kind of seems yeah. like another big ship. I'm like, no, you have to push like it's the best thing ever because not only has Anakin been on it, but his daughter with her husband. It's kind of like, yeah, you got to put like, you got all these super famous characters. And I'm like, 100% and now on there. Lando and Hondo. I'm like, have it for a reason. Let it make sense in the fact that this is has a million ties to different things because why? Yeah, no. Just because it's, it's a hotel at, at Disney, I don't like that. 
but because exactly. like I want to see I want to see like you guys actually dig roots into why the, what the reason is. It's like this is the best thing ever, and it's but it's also super easy to get on. And that this was how it was made. Was so critical of and adverse to the comic series coming out in the first place was because I I felt like it was sort of trying to force the idea of the Halcyon onto us, especially after like it releasing it coming out so soon and the comics following right after it, you know, it just felt like convenient timing to me. But I, okay. I was okay with that because I want, I want, like, I want to know about the Halcyon. I just don't want to have mm -hmm. it be made as the biggest focal point. But hey, I mean, like we we still we still got time. We still got interesting things that are going to pop up, and I think that we're we're at this point where even just in Galaxy's Edge, that we're coming up on things over the horizon that could be really cool because everything that they showed at like celebration that they were talking about, I was like, cool. Can't wait for the second soundtrack at Oga's. I think. Uh, I'm music? pretty excited to start getting things that California has that we don't just get. Because, I mean, California has other people walking around. Like, they have Fennec Shand and they have um, Boba, Fett. Boba Fett currently. And I would love to have... They'll eventually be getting Mando and the Child, I believe, yeah. as well. I, I don't think those characters, I want them at our galaxy's edge. But I still want based characters to walk around. Because I think... <laughs> I agree. Something that I think would be really, really kind of funny is like, imagine if one day we just said, hey, you know what? Ahsoka can walk around and technically she can. And there's no reason why she technically can't. Yeah, I agree. Older uh, Ahsoka. Or what if we get, I would love to see like the actual characters of Galaxy's Edge walking around. Like Oga Gara. Like Oga? Yeah. Made such a, made to be such a huge deal to not be walking around like the daimyo of, of, uh, Batu or Black Spire Outpost, it just feels odd. I would like experiences like or Hondo to be out and about of the. Uh, we we did we had we had someone okay. dressed up in hot like Hondo's costume, um, and you know where the from the video game um, Tales from the Borderlands that cantina is. Yeah. It's right above the Falcon. Yeah, they had someone dressed up in Hondo's uh, costume up there when they announced it originally i think that might have been in california i'm not sure but when they had originally showed for it they had someone out there talking about how he's like this is tondo onaka transport solutions yeah it's, it's pretty cool. his new his new business yeah no no i i agree um <clears throat> and i would like to see more more character interactions with each other at some point as well like um like Ray and Kylo encountering each other at some point and having their own little like wacky shenanigans that go on or like, you know, them like watching them be within close proximity of each other and reacting to each other would be a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I feel like we should, we should, I, w- I would love to see um, just really push that this is an alive world more and more. It would be great. I would love to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Definitely want new experiences with that. Who knows? Maybe we'll get it in the future. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's really all we have to talk about today. Um, the only last thing that we really have on the agenda is um, uh, an interview, I believe, with Obi Wan Kenobi going from film to series. But you know, we can always save that for next time.
think this is pretty successful. Look at us. Just two of us running the podcast today. I think we did pretty good. Things didn't fall apart. Alderaan is still together, and it's a good day in the galaxy. Perfect. I mean, we are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, I believe we are uh, at Star Wars Stuff Podcast on Instagram. On Twitter, you can find us at Stuff Pod. Um, you can find us on TikTok at Search Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Facebook, you know the name of our group. You know what to do. We got Gmail. We got YouTube. All the stuff. If you can find a place. Yeah! Patreon. Look us up. We've been been posting super consistently lately, so it's been really fun. Yep, we're trying to get trying to get a bunch of new content out for our Patreon users. So I mean, yeah, we have a lot of fun stuff coming over to our Patreon as well. We will be, um, I know myself and a couple of other people um, who have and have not been on the podcast uh, are going to be running a book club. We should be releasing our first episode based around the book Brotherhood here soon. Just a small little light review of it, a few chapters, and, you know, we'll, We'll go from there and see how things evolve from that. So a lot of new, new exciting stuff. And just in general, a lot of exciting stuff coming up for Star Wars. Cannot wait for these new series to come out and you know where to find us. We will be right here reporting on it and talking about it. Um, and uh, I've, I've been Josh and I am Mason and may the force be with you. Always. Always.